Good evening, Boston. How's everybody doing? It is May 1st, 6 p.m. I thought I'd get on here and vent. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's these hearings that I really want to get into. Uh, today, we had Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, He's in these hearings. And today, the superstar by the name of Kamala Harris had him as a witness. And she did a fantastic job with her questioning. The thing about these hearings that is, is just so freaking maddening to me is the utter incompetence, the, 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 the way people are answering questions or really not answering questions, right? Because we call them hearings and listen to what we're hearing. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing where this country stands right now and we have put ourselves on trial, really, looking at these hearings. And America is, there's no way that any sensible American can think that America is all the things that we claim she is right now, right? Because right now she's none of them. We have terrorists all throughout our country right now, white supremacists. All throughout our country, openly. They're branding themselves. They're, just, they're another industry right now. And our federal government is supporting that and they're a part of it. They're providing a platform for it. So I'm looking at this hearing with the attorney general people the attorney general of the united states is being questioned about what he knew and what he didn't know when it comes to the investigation about the president it's just it's unbelievable it is fucking unbelievable Let's listen to a little bit of of, um, Senator Kamala Harris get into Barr and he's he he ridiculously. Oh, God, just listen. that you open an investigation of anyone. Yes or no, please, sir. Uh. Has anyone at the White House ever suggested you open up an investigation? That's a pretty simple and straightforward question. 
you're the attorney general of the United States. I'm quite sure you have a lot of freaking investigations that you're a part of. But she's asking about this specific one that everybody knows about. Has anyone can't answer the question? Um, the president or anybody else. Seems you'd remember something like that and be able to tell us. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to grapple with the word suggest. I mean, uh, there have been discussions of, of matters out there that uh, they have not asked me to open an investigation. But Perhaps they've suggested. I don't know. I wouldn't say suggest. Hinted. I, I don't know. Inferred. You don't know. Okay. He doesn't know. Now, he, he, he answered it, but then he didn't really answer it. Because he said, no one has ever asked me. But then there was this thing about suggested. There's this soft spot when it comes to the way people communicate and they get things going. Right. And we know that America, (laughs) America is slick as shit when it comes to having wordage. And, and attorneys and laws. We know in this country, when you have money, the law suddenly works in your favor. Isn't that something? But if you don't have money or if you look a certain way, the law seems to not really work in your favor that well. Right? And so she's doing a fantastic job in how she's Asking these questions because she's filling in those those gaps to make sure that he can't slip and slide his way out. And even if he doesn't answer this question, which he didn't, he still has bear witness to all of us who's listening to this about his credibility. He has absolutely no credibility. Summary, you wrote that quote after reviewing the special counsel's final report. I will say that no one... Sir, I'm, not, I'm asking a question. In your March 24th summary, you wrote that quote after reviewing the special counsel's final report, Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein and I have concluded that the evidence is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. Now, this... He submitted... As the attorney general, as Senator Harris just laid out, president, he didn't commit a crime. That's what Barr said immediately, really, in his report. Oh, president didn't do anything wrong. That's what she's saying. The special counsel's investigation produced a great deal of evidence. Um, I'm led to believe it included witnesses' notes and emails, witnesses' congressional testimony, witnesses' interviews, um, which were summarized in the FBI 302 forms, former FBI Director Comey's memos, and the president's public statements. My question is, in reaching your conclusion, did you personally review all of the underlying evidence? Another straightforward question. She teed it up very well. You provide a report and you said that the president was innocent. Yet we know that there was an extensive amount of data that was provided to you. Some 400 plus pages of information 
in a report that was very detailed. Did you review that report? Now, that's a real, you know, and you would think, of course he did. There's no way a person could make a decision about a case without reading the information. About it. It, just, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So why would she ask such a fundamental question about this? Hmm. It sounds to me there's a credibility issue. Okay, so did you read this report that you made this claim on in your report about it? Um, let's find out. Uh, no, we took an accepted. Did, 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 did Mr. Rosenstein? No, we accepted the statements in the report as the factual record. We did not go underneath it to see whether or not they were accurate. We accept. Okay. There's another note that I want to say something about Senator Harris that I love to. She stays in control. She stays in control. So he's now saying. Oh, I just we just accepted the report. As is, we didn't look at the underlying. Hmm. What the hell does that mean? We just accepted the report as is. As an attorney general in a report about the president of the United States. Oh, no, we just we just kind of, we just looked at it as is. Hmm. Accepted it as accurate. And made our, so you our, accepted the We accepted it as accurate. OK. So they accepted the report as accurate. Hmm. Very interesting. You did not question or look at the underlying evidence that supports the conclusions in the report. No. Did uh, Mr. Rosenstein review the... Okay. <laughs> the Attorney General gets a report, a detailed report about corruption or collusion with this thing that's in the White House. And he accepts the report, but he doesn't consider the evidence that supports the report. Right now, if you don't look at that, what does that say about your judgment? Really think about this. I say that so-and-so threw a rock and broke that window. Okay. Did you go and see if the window was broke? No, no, I, I know it's broke. How? Because so-and-so said it. Hmm. The evidence that underlines and supports the conclusions in the report. To your knowledge. Not to my knowledge. We accepted the statements in the report. Did anyone the in your... of the evidence is true. Did anyone in your executive office review the evidence supporting... The report. No. No. Yet you represent. Nobody in his office reviewed the evidence. 
the actual broken window. That why would you get a report and not review the actual evidence that supports the report? And nobody in the attorney general's office in leadership did that. He said nobody in his office did that. Think about that. They just we accepted the report as facts. So why would you do that? You just accepted the report as facts. What's the use of even reading it that that, you know, all you had to do is just go to the summary. And to the American public that the evidence was not, quote, sufficient to support an obstruction of justice. The evidence, present, the evidence presented in the report. This is not a, this is not mysterious process in the Department of Justice. We have process memos and declination memos every day coming up. And we don't go and look at the underlying evidence. We, Sir, would you support the characterization of the evidence as true? As the Attorney General of the United States, you run the United States Department of Justice. If in any U.S. attorney's office around the country, the head of that office, when being asked to make a critical decision about, in this case, the person who holds the highest office in the land, and whether or not that person committed a crime, would you accept them recommending a charging decision to you? If they had not reviewed the evidence. Well, that's a question. Now she just brings everything into context beautifully. Would you accept someone, the president, being charged? Would you accept the president being charged without reviewing the evidence of the charges? Would that be acceptable to anyone? That would be, no one would accept that in their right mind. You cannot claim that someone has done something without having the supporting evidence for your claim. It, it just, it, it. Question for Bob Mueller. He's the U.S. attorney. He's the one who presents the report. But it was you who made the charging decision, sir. What, what, what? She beautifully. So now the attorney general throws the responsibility back to Mueller. He was the he was the U.S. attorney and he made the decision. But attorney general, you're the one who who actually made the charges, right? Is isn't that what she said? You're the one who made the decision not to charge the president, right? You're the one who made that decision. So that, how, how does that work? In a process memo and in a declination memo. You said it was your baby. What did you mean by that? It was my, it was my baby to, look, to let, to decide whether or not to disclose it to the public. And whose decision was it? Who's, who had the power to make the decision about whether or not the evidence was sufficient to make a determination of whether there had been an obstruction of justice? Prosecution memos go up to the supervisor. In this case, it was the, you know, the attorney general and the deputy attorney general who, who decide on the final 
decision. And that is based on the memo as presented by the U.S. Attorney's Office. I think you've made it clear that you've not looked at the evidence. We can move on. I think you've made it clear, sir, that you've not looked at the evidence, and we can move on. Will you agree to consult career DOJ ethics officials about whether your refusal from the 14 investigations that have been discussed by my colleagues is necessary? Uh, I, I don't see any basis for it. I already consulted with them. and, and You it, have consulted with them about the 14 other investigations? About the, uh, about the uh, Mueller case. Have you consulted with the career DOJ ethics officials about the appropriateness of you being involved or recusing yourself well, what, from the 14 other investigations that have been referred basis? out? On what basis? Conflict of interest. Clear conflict. So now she's pulling it in even closer, right? So she brought us into the context when it comes to saying, Attorney General, this is what your responsibility is. What say you? Attorney General says, I'm not responsible for that. We, We just went off of that report. Okay, but you were the you're the person who makes the final decision whether or not somebody gets charged or not. And in this case, you say, no, we're not going to charge him. You're saying that you didn't even read the evidence. That supports these claims and you decided not to charge him. Now she's asking Okay, because he's walked himself into this because it's clear at this point that he has not done what he's supposed to do. So there's got to be a reason why he's not doing this. His credibility now is really in question. So now she pulls us in closer and she says, should you be even in the position because you have a conflict of interest. There's what, 19 other or 14. She may have said 14. There's many other investigations going on that that he is crossed, connected with. And she's asking him, have you reviewed that with your leadership team to make sure that there is no conflict of interest? That's what she's saying right now. Have you guys reviewed this? Because now your dealings with this is now being really sticky. And you you may not be the right person, actually, to be doing this job in an unbiased way because you have involvement. You may have involvement that would prevent you from being unbiased in this. What say you? What's my conflict? What's my conflict of interest? I think the American public has seen quite well that you are biased in this situation and you've not been objective. And that would arguably be the conflict of interest. Well, you know, I haven't been the only decision maker here. Now, let's take the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein, who was approved by this Senate, 94 to 6. Interesting. Huh. Now, to me, it sounds like he's trying to throw the deputy attorney general under the bus. Does does that sound like it sounds like that to me? 
Well, you want to talk about conflict of interest. What about the deputy? Oh. Oh. Hit dogs will holler. No, that's not the right phrase for this particular case. But he's exposing himself again. It's almost like he's saying, hey, I'm not the only one. Specific discussion on the floor that he would be responsible for supervising the Russian investigation. I'm glad you brought up that. Okay. That's and a great he has topic. 30 years experience, and we had a number of senior prosecutors in the department involved in this process, both career and non-career. Yes, I've, 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 all, I've read the process, on the sir. Disposition. I have another question. And I'm glad you brought that subject up because I have a question about that. Earlier today, in response to Senator Graham, you said, quote, that you consulted with Rosenstein constantly unquote, with respect to the special counsel's investigation and report. But Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein is also a key witness in the firing of FBI Director Comey. Did you consult with, I'm not finished, did you consult with DOJ ethics officials before you enlisted Rod Rosenstein to participate in a charging decision for an investigation, the subject of which he is also a witness? Excellent, excellent question. He, I mean, she's playing chess. He's playing checkers. And I hope people are paying attention to what she's doing. She's schooling them. After they get away from this <laughs> hearing, they're going to go back and like, oh, shit. We, get, we didn't know how to do this. She has schooled them. Now you want to you want to bring up Rod Rosenstein, right? You want to bring up the Deputy Attorney General, try to throw him under the bus, and she goes, "Wait a minute here, hold hold on, this thirty year guy that you're talking about, right? That's your Deputy Attorney General that you said is a part of helping you out in this process. Those investigating, remember those investigations? Well, guess what? He's a witness in one of those investigations." Because he was there when that craziness with this guy who's in the White House, when he was there doing his freaking shenanigans. He's a witness. So did you talk to your people that's in the office of ethics? Very important. Did you have a discussion with them? Because once again, conflict of interest, right? It's showing really about your character because if you knew that he was a witness involved in that, right? Involved with the guy who's in the White House right now. He saw him do something that he knew was wrong, right? And he didn't fire him. He's kept him on board for whatever reasons. And now he's now a part of this special investigation that's specifically about him. Did you guys discuss this with your ethics team? Because there clearly will would be a conflict of interest. He shouldn't be here or he shouldn't be in the position of being a deputy attorney. Well, he certainly should have never been a part of this investigation. Why would he be a part of that? So 
please tell us about how you your team got together, particularly your ethics team, and discussed the rationale about how he would still be involved in this investigation. My understanding was that he had been cleared already to participate in it. By the so you had jury. consulted with them and they cleared it? No, I think they cleared it when he when he took over the investigation. Did you? That's my understanding. I, I. Hmm. So he's saying that that ethics team they had already cleared that, and it sounds like he's saying, "Oh yeah, they cleared that before I even came on board." Oh yeah, they did that. Hmm. You don't know whether he's been cleared. Of a conflict of interest? He would be participating if there was a conflict of interest. So you're saying that... Interesting. Again, listen. He, now, he wouldn't be participating if there, wasn't a conf, if there was a conflict of interest. Hmm. Okay. It did not need to be reviewed by the career ethics officials in your office? I believe, I believe it was... Well, I believe it was reviewed, and I and what would also point out this seems to be a bit of a flip-flop because when the president's supporters Sir, were challenged, flip-flop, I Rosen's think in this fine. case is that you're not answering the question directly. What? Did the ethics officials in your office, in the Department of Justice, review the appropriateness of Rod Rosenstein being a part of making a charging decision on an investigation which he is also a witness in? Yeah, my, so as I said, my understanding was he had been cleared, and he had been cleared before I arrived. In making a decision on the Mueller report? Yes. And and the findings of whether or not the case would be charged on obstruction of justice? He had he, been cleared he was, on that? He was, he was the acting attorney general on the Mueller investigation. Yeah, he was. Had. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was. He was the act because, remember, Comey got fired. This thing that's in the White House, he got rid of one attorney general. He then he got an acting one. And during that acting one, he was another person who was a, he was still that witness. So apparently, Barr is saying somehow the White House discussed it. Yeah, we know how that that works. They discussed it and they cleared him, which I think is insane. But everything's exposing himself. So they cleared Rosenstein and said, oh, no, he's fine. He's good to go to continue to investigate the, the president. Had he been cleared he had been, to make I, I am, by your side a I am decision? Informed, I am informed that before I arrived, he had been cleared by the ethics officials. Of what? Of serving as acting attorney general on the Mueller case. How about making a charging decision on obstruction of justice, the underlying offenses, which include him as a witness? You know, that's what the acting attorney general's job is. To be a witness and to make the decision about being a prosecutor? Well, no, but to make charging decisions. I have nothing else. My time is right out. Thank you. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. So... It's for me, it's absolutely clear they are playing both sides of the fence, and she brought that out 
in this in this hearing, for me at least, she did a fantastic job. We know clearly that the attorney general did not read the report, did not look at supporting evidence about the charges or the possible charges, didn't even look at them. And not only that, one, his deputy, the person right next to him, is also a witness in some of the stuff that the president did. So they're all in it together. They're working for one another. That's what this hearing is about. The top, the top attorney, which is the attorney for the government, the federal government, is now saying that the president is innocent because that, that's, he's now the personal attorney for the president. He's not the attorney for the United States. He's the personal attorney for the president. And so the personal attorney... It said the president is innocent of, of all charges. Uh, we got a report. We looked at it. We saw it as factual. We didn't think we didn't consider the evidence. And we believe that the president is, is innocent. So we want to keep it moving. And, and that's what happened. This is the country that we're living in right now. We're not living in a democracy. We're living in a plutocracy. <laughs> Right. Where the rich really rule. And I mean, this has been going on for a long time, but what's really um, dangerous about it is that it's in the hands of white supremacists. It's in the hands of a white supremacist. How the fuck did this happen? I don't know. Um, but um this is what you get when you get a white supremacist as your president. They um, rule like this. This is how they rule. 